0: Amen. Come on. Can you smile at somebody as you grab a seat today? You're a friendly church. I just don't want to warn you, if you keep showing up to church, if you keep showing up to church or may have to go to a second service, so just be warned. Just know that. Also, the balcony is open. If you're ever looking for more room, there's room in the balcony, but we're glad you're in church today. I do want to start off to say that we we expect guests every week. If you're a guest here today, you're thinking like, you know, is this a closed club? Is this kind of a, you know like the only invite only like I don't know like am I allowed to go Um, we expect guests every single week that's why we have a table called guest central and it's central to your guest experience and would you just let us bless you when you leave today just stop by there for 30 seconds and just grab a gift we have a uh, something we prepared for you something you'll enjoy just a little treat in there um, just so you would know that we were expecting you Um, and if you're a guest you just take a minute because we put up some preparation and to let you know that it's special that you're here, it's a big deal that you're here, and we're really glad you're here. Anybody have a Bible today? You got a Bible? I encourage you to bring your Bible to church. I wanna read from Galatians chapter three to a few verses. We're in a series right now called the, uh, a series of Galatians. And some of you, maybe you've been reading a chapter a week. They're not long chapters, there's only six chapters in the whole book. And uh, we're on week three. And just I encourage you this coming week, Would you read Galatians 4? Prepare your heart. Again, God wants to speak to you. And I believe this this book changes lives. As I said last week, it's the most bought book in the world. You know there's a copy sold um, every second of every minute. It's the most smuggled book in the world. It's the most stolen book in the world. More people have lost their lives over this book than anything else. It's a book that changes lives. It speaks to your past. It, It speaks to your today. It'll lead you into your tomorrows. It's the book that changes things, and I believe today we're going to continue our series. And reading from the Word of God, which we do every week at NOVA, but we're elevating um, the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 3. Galatians 3, chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. 1 to 5. It says, Oh, foolish Galatians. Paul's off to a great start again. You can tell he's in a great mood already. Said last week, me and Paul, I don't know if we would have along. He's not very Atlantic Canadian. He says what's on his mind. He's more Albertan than anything else. If you're from Alberta, I apologize. Um, you're probably offended. But that's what you, trust me, you'll let me know. And, um, but Paul, Paul is Atlantic Canadian. He's not Atlantic Canadian because he just starts off with, hey! Another version says, who has bewitched you? Who has duped you? Who has fooled you? He says here, oh foolish Galatians. Again, trying to win friends right here. Paul starts off so lovely. Whatever happened to you, I hope this letter finds you well. Paul had not gone through a pandemic. Okay, oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses, by the rules of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? May I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law and commit to all the rules? Of course not. It was because you believed the message you heard about Christ jump down to verse 10 but those who depend on the law those who trust in the law to make them right with God are under his curse now he's cursing people this is fantastic going from bad to worse see by the way you're cursed you're foolish now you're cursed he's like you're now under a curse for the scriptures say cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law and that's what the Old Testament said you're cursed if you don't obey every law you're cursed So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. It's impossible. You can't keep the law. You can't keep every rule. For the scriptures say, it is through faith. Please don't miss that. It is by faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ. But Christ. Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. You're not cursed today, you're rescued from the curse. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham and the Jews so that we are believers, so we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith this morning I just want to talk on this topic really short today we're gonna to have communion in a moment together I want to talk on this topic today to blessed to be stressed come look at your neighbor and say you're blessed today let's pray one more time God would you help me right now for the next few minutes unpack your word father help me speak life not death the, the letter gives the, the, the letter brings death but your spirit brings life today I'm asking your spirit to breathe through your words through this word today, and bring life to our church, to our city, to our families. Father, thank you, in Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. I'd encourage you, you're okay to be a loud church, very Atlantic Canadian, to be quiet. It's okay to say amen. Amen. If the message is good, you can say amen. If it's not good, say amen by faith. That it will become good shortly, amen. So either, I won't know which one it is, whether it's good, or you're waiting for it to be good, but amen works, or oh my, or preach it, or that is so good, and everybody said? Amen. Oh, it's gonna be good today, it's gonna be good. Uh, I've talked pretty openly about it, but I started um, working out during the pandemic, and we've talked about it many, many times. started with running, uh, then started lifting weights, and um, I just found personally, for me, it was great physically and mentally, and I wasn't in bad shape, but I just, honestly, I'd come out here and do a sermon illustration and be so winded, it was embarrassing, right? I'd go upstairs to get upstairs Advil, because I forgot my downstairs Advil, and I'd lose my breath going, this isn't good. So during the pandemic, I started running and started working out, lifting weights, and I also found it was really great um, for dealing with stress. And uh, people said, what's your motivation for going to the gym? Because now going on three years, I've been consistent three, four, five, six times a week working out. And said, what's your motivation? Here's my motivation. Ready? This will help you. I don't like chest pains. (laughs) I don't like stress. I hate stress. And my motivation, it wasn't because I was motivated by someone else. It wasn't because I watched a YouTube tutorial or I read a book. I just, I was feeling stressed and I thought, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And there's a history of, of heart problems and stress in my family. And I thought, you know what? I don't like the feeling of someone sitting on my chest. I should go do something about this. And you need to pray about it. Sometimes you need to put down the fork. And you also need to pick up your running shoes. Come on, somebody. And uh, I, my motivation for working out was I don't like the feeling of stress. And whenever I get chest pains, I just, I'm going to the gym. And it's like, how are you feeling today? I'm like, I'm going to the gym. The tighter my chest got, the more I went to the gym. It was an amazing combination. Here's what happened, though, at the gym over, it started off as a passion, I was enjoying it. What happens at the gym, I don't know if girls do this, but guys, I think we do this, we compete with everybody. I don't know if you know this. Again, guys, if I'm wrong, you can preach me down, but many times I'll be walking through a mall down a street and I have this one thought. I just think, can I take that guy or not? And usually you're right, it's not, right? You're like, not in those skinny jeans, you're not, right? I cannot run them, I have to fight them, right? I'm like, oh okay, God, I can't, you know. you
1: know.
0: I don't know, we think that way. At the gym, I found myself working in, and as I got more confidence and I got stronger, I started looking to see how much weight they're lifting. The problem is, these guys are like 21, 23 years of age. You already know where this is going, right? And so I'd be doing a machine think I'm doing well, but then I'm, I'm looking over at the guy that's doing the exact same machine, I'm like, he's got three more pegs down. I'm like, I can take him. I'm like, come on, old man strength, kick in. I always heard about old man strength. I'm waiting for it to kick in. I'm like, is there middle age strength? I'm waiting for middle age strength. And I'm like, so I started lifting more. And then I go over and see this guy lifting weights. I'm like, I'm bigger than him. Or in some cases, I'm like, I think I can lift more than her. And I'm like, okay. And I go over and I started competing. The problem is I started hurting myself. I don't forget, Nancy's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know if it's tennis elbow, I don't play tennis, but something's wrong with my arm. And I couldn't, do you remember this? I couldn't straighten my arms. Literally, people thought I was worshiping. I was sitting in my, in my chair. Wait, some of you know, because you've done this, and I'm waiting for my arms to slowly lower, because I could not lower them. I'm just like, oh God, please, Lord, just make room right now for healing, and for the Advil, kick in. I just, honestly, right, just, and I'm like, I can't move my arm middle of the night I wake up I got pins and needles everywhere I'm like I think I'm just doing too much she goes Mike you know you don't have to go to the gym every day but my mind was like but if I don't go I'm gonna lose my gains which is workout workouts lingo, lingo that I slang that I learned <laughs> like I got gains now See, I used to buy shirts that were too small It'd give me the same feeling like I was working out like oh I feel really good And I was like, oh, I don't want to lose my gains. What happened was, what started as a blessing started turning into a stressing. I started, I went because I was enjoying, I was enjoying the feeling of physically and mentally. I was enjoying having something, can I be really honest, I was enjoying having an hour of my day where I wasn't a pastor, a father, a husband, I wasn't a leader, I wasn't a son. I was just Mike at the gym. And I was really enjoying that, and I was enjoying that space, and I was enjoying the the physical change, I was enjoying stress being lifted off my life, I was enjoying sleeping better, I was enjoying all the benefits that you would expect. But then what happened, somewhere in the middle, the motivation changed, and it went into, not what I can gain, not the blessing of it, but just, I gotta hang on so tight I don't lose this. Uh, travel started opening up, I found myself traveling and ministering like I was even this week and, and last week and all of a sudden on the road and I'm not and, and I'm like eating the best and I'm traveling and I'm not going to the gym and I, I found myself at this guilt like landing at the airport in Halifax going I wonder if I can get a workout in before I go home. Like li- landing at midnight going it's a 24 hour gym if I go right now I can get a workout in before the kids are already asleep and I realized that it went into an unhealthy place I started struggling with guilt for missing these workouts and I'm going to lose what I've gained. And Nancy's like, Mike, your body needs some rest. You're not, Mike, let me help you. You're not 23. I'm like, I know I'm not, but I know he's going to be still there and he's going to be still there because every time I go to these gyms, these guys live there. They have no, I know this, they're probably single and they have no money because they're always at the gym. I'm like, I just need to keep going. She's like, rest is good. I'm going to start as a blessing in my life, turn into a stressing. It became more legalistic than healthy, more rules than passion. This is what Paul is talking about in Galatians 3. This is what Paul, this that's the summary of what Galatians 3 is all about. It says, you started your faith as a blessing, but then they started turning it into a stressing and finding out what they were missing and what they had to do instead of going after what they were called to do. So many times this happens in my faith and your faith. It happens in our lives. We just, we have this thing that changes. So you need to know this, faith is your motivator. The Bible says that faith, it says in Galatians three, you are blessed. A life of faith is a life of blessing. But if your motivating is works that I gotta perform. I've I've gotta do things. I have to live by the rules. I have to do everything uh, on time, the right way. I have all these expectations. It says works is your motivator. You're actually cursed. That's what it says in Galatians it says faith is a blessing works is a cursing your acceptance by God you need to know this God accepts you God loves you and it's by faith in verse 9 I'm not going to read it today but in verse 9 of Galatians 3 it says that our acceptance by God is faith which we believe that's what faith is I believe by faith I'll be getting on an airplane in a few hours by faith that Kevin hopefully repaired it well by faith that people that know what they're doing by faith that's how I live, it's by faith. It's action by faith in who I know and who they have employed and I trust standards and regulations. In this case, our life of faith, our acceptance is in not in what we do, but who he is. It's by faith and we receive it. Verse 10 talks about works, performing, earning it. And the Bible says that's cursed. And that means you have to earn your salvation. You need to know this, you cannot earn God's favor. Now, we know that. That rolls off some of our tongues, and we've been around this a long time. But sometimes, the longer you're in this, you have to wrestle it. Because the longer I'm in this, I'm like, yeah, I know it was God's goodness and by faith, but I'm on a really good streak of Bible reading, and I think I kind of earn it right now. We do this, like, you know, 90-day shred going through the Bible. Like, I know it's by faith, but, like, I kind of deserve God right now. I sat in the front half of the theater. They, the usher didn't even have to move me. I am just like, all the ushers laughed at that. The rest of you are like, what? They're like, I, I'm kind of earning it right now. And works is cursed. It's a, it's a life of stress and cursing, but faith is blessed and you receive it. Here's the question today. Is your faith a want to or a have to? It's a really important question. We are, if you're new here, we're we're, we're Jesus followers. Which really make it simple is we are obsessed with Jesus. And if we're not obsessed with Jesus, we're truly trying to be obsessed with Jesus. Not church, not religion, not regulations, Jesus. Now you need to know this. Jesus loves you just as you are. He accepts you just how you are. But when you encounter Jesus, your life naturally changes. You need to know, but it's not works, I gotta be better. I'm telling you, when you're around Jesus, you act like Jesus. You ever, you ever find that one influential person in your friend group when they buy a car, someone buys the same model of a car, maybe they, they're the first adapter to, buy, to wear a new fashion trend, you're like, I can't believe they're wearing that, and within two months, everybody's wearing that. that one per- Jesus is that person that when you hang around him, you start walking like him, talking like him, not because you have to, because he overflows into your life. He is the original influencer. He's got nothing to sell but everything to give. He's an influencer. The question I want to ask you today, is your faith a want to or a have to? And in my life, and maybe your life, you've realized that what starts as a blessing can become a stressing when you start trying to earn what you've been given. Start Stressing. You ever had people, once in a while, they just bless us with a gift, and then, I, I used to struggle when I was younger. I was good at giving gifts. I wasn't good at receiving gifts. And you always think like you have to earn it, right? I, oh, I just I just need to make sure I say thank you by card, by text, by call. I, just need, I need to make sure that I earn this level of love. And if you earn it, it's not a gift. It's a paycheck. And I wanna ask you today, with your faith, Sometimes it can start as a blessing, but become more of a stressing when you start trying to earn what was given. Is your faith a want to or a have to? In this faith walk, we can almost like go to the gym. It's like we start off with, I can't believe Jesus loves me. I feel clean. I feel pure. I feel God's presence. I'm just overwhelmed that there's a God that made me, that loved me. I feel it. And it just starts off as a blessing. But if you're in this long enough, you start getting to a place of like, uh, I just need to read my three chapters a day. You know, I'm going to read one of the Old Testament, two of the New Testament. I'm just going to read that a day, and then you know, I'm going to pray. You know, I've heard so many sermons on prayer. I preach sermons on prayer. It says I'm just going to be just really committed to my prayer time. We started as a time to connect with God and hear His voice, which is beautiful, a blessing. Actually, becomes a stressing going. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Kids were up. I missed my prayer time. Uh, I was on a streak, right? How many know, like, like, like in Sunday school, we used to get the gold stars if you grew up in church? I was a part of a church, loved it. When your kids showed up, you got a gold star. I remember being young enough to be in the nursery, going over and finding my name and see how many gold stars I had. I remember looking at it going, haven't missed. I was four, haven't missed. It had nothing to do with me, but my parents had drugged me to church. And there was always that one kid at the bottom that was rarely there. Trevor was his name, I'll never forget it. Trevor Arsenal, I don't know, Trevor, hey Trevor, Trevor hasn't been here in a while. Trevor's not as good as me. You know, I realize sometimes I carry that over into my walk now. I start thinking, you know, um, you know I, I know I'm reading more than they're reading. I don't even know if I can find the book of Galatians. Now I'm praying and then sometimes I can face up my wife and she prays all the time. She has a chair that she prays in. I'm like, I don't know if I pray as much as my wife. And I start thinking, man, I don't know if I've earned it as much as Nancy. You know, I, I, I love our church. I love our church. I love a lot of things about our church. I love our dream team, I love our church members, I love the community we have, I love our culture. But sometimes, if we're not careful, you can even, as the dream team members, start feeling like I have to serve on the dream team. And what started as a want to and a blessing becomes a have to and a stressing. You're like, I just have to serve, I, got, I gotta be on cafe, I gotta be in kids, I gotta be on the worship, I gotta be for production, and all of a sudden it becomes a have to. And what started as a blessing now becomes a stressing. I was talking to one of our amazing team members this week. I'm like, you know what you need to do? You need to sit and enjoy a worship service. When was the last time you just enjoyed worship? Because they love God, they love people, but I'm like, if we're not careful, it'll become more of a stressing than a blessing. It'll become a have to, where want to's used to be. And if we're not careful with our faith, Paul is saying here, you started off with a want to. Jesus came into your life, he filled you with his spirit, you had a new hope and a new dream and a new start, but if we're not careful, that blessing will turn into a stressing if we start going, I gotta earn this now. Was salvation a gift or was it not? If it was a gift, you cannot earn it. You have to steward it, you have to enjoy it, you have to care for it, but you can't earn it. Sometimes even in our dream team we do that. Some people are so busy serving at church that you don't enjoy Jesus. You need to know we don't need you serving that much. What what, what would it profit to set up a theater and lose your salvation? What would it profit to run a ministry and lose the joy of the Lord in your spirit? Sometimes we're so busy in this that we don't enjoy this. And what started as a blessing becomes a stressing. What started as a want to is now a have to and it will soon become a can't do if we're not careful. Started as a want to. I want to be a part of this. I want to, I want to, I want to be a part of Jesus. I want to be part of this salvation. I, I'm so thankful that he came into my life. And then if we're not careful, it comes into a have to. I have to go to church. We're back in person. We used to be online I, or I tune in online. I, I used to love tuning in online. Now I feel like I have to tune in online. If I don't comment, we love our online campus. If I don't comment, they're not going to know I'm here. And what started as a want to becomes a have to. And then if we're not careful, that weight, that stress will become I can't. I wanted to go to the gym, and then it became a have-to, and then at one point my body started breaking down, going, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Start taking weeks off, and your want-to's become a have-to, they'll lead to can't-do's. And we have people checking out of faith all over the world, because somewhere, their want-to's turned into have-to's. All Paul is saying here is reminding you, Galatians, reminding you, uh, Haligonians, reminding you, online um, Facebookers and YouTubers, reminding us is that we have to make sure that we're living in a blessing, not in the stressing. Some have been so busy fighting for their faith, they've lost the joy of their faith. So busy fighting for their faith. Just got to fight to stay in the trenches. Got to fight to stay in my faith. I got to fight to keep a good attitude. I got to fight to be loyal. I got to fight. They're so busy fighting for their faith, they've lost the joy of their faith. Guys, encourage you today, you don't have to defend Jesus. Just enjoy him. This is a proven statistic, you won't find it written down, but we all know it's true. Just you need to know this is true. No one's ever won an argument on Facebook. It's never happened. It's never happened. You don't have to defend Jesus. Online campus, in person campus. You don't have to defend Jesus. The best way to, to to show you to show your life of Jesus is just to love Jesus. You don't have to defend him. Some of you are so busy defending Jesus that you're not enjoying him. If you enjoy Jesus, it speaks louder than any post, any rebuttal, any comment, any Reddit page, any tweet you can send out, any co- any coffee talk and any arguments on politics or religion. Th- listen, we're so busy defending that we lose the joy. If you just enjoy Jesus, it'll draw people. It's still the goodness of God that draws people. You know what's never won me over? An argument. I'm like, I don't, They might be right, but I don't wanna be like them. You meet someone that you can't offend? You ever meet, meet somebody that's just full of the joy? You're like, I don't know. I don't know, but I just want what they have. Well, sort of as a blessing comes a stressing. Listen, this is my, my point today. So many are not enjoying their faith, and this is the thought I want to leave you with. You've got you've, you've got the have-tos where your want-tos need to be. you got your have-tos where your want-tos need to be. That is the secret. This is going to be, this is free. That's the secret to marriage too, by the way. Because so many times, you get your have-tos are where your want-tos need to be. It started off, remember those that are married in this room, do you remember falling in love? Do you remember those the butterflies? you remember? We used to have telephones that we used to do this with. I noticed that. You ever notice that? We do. On the telephone, my kids are like, what's that? You mean this? You know, right? Remember, you used to call, but we used to call, and then you hang up first. No, you hang up first. How many are old enough to remember those days? Huh? Take the cord into the other room. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. I got it. I got it. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up. Let's fall asleep together. You know. You know, what was that? Hang up. You know, hello. <laughs> remember that? Remember, remember the first passions when you bought the ring? Remember when you received the ring? Remember, remember love? Just, And there's this want to, and if we're not careful, it turns into a have to. Gotta be home in time. Gotta do that responsibility. Gotta make sure I. Know their love languages and know how to speak in their love language and receive in love language, gotta make sure I value, got, and we go and we get we get our have to's where our want-tos need to be. It's the same thing with our faith in Jesus. And so many times we have our have-tos where I want, I have to come to church. Gotta be there, gotta be there, gotta be there for coffee. They're expecting me to be there early for chat. I've got to give in the offering, I've gotta stand up and listen, listen, it looks the same, but the motive's different. You could be home for supper, sleep in the same bed as your spouse, and it looks the same as a want-to, but the motive is different. you got to get your want-to's back in the right place and get rid of the have-to's. Galatians 3.13 says it this way. It says, But Christ rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he hung on the cross and took upon himself the curse of all our wrongdoing. He hung on the cross. Jesus gave his life... As a ransom for us. He became the price that freed us from sin that held us hostage. That's what Jesus did. That's what this is about. We were held hostage by sin. And the enemy called heaven and said, I got your kids. I have your your family. And sin held us hostage. But Jesus was the ransom that was traded that freed us from being kidnapped and held hostage by the law. Fall in love with Jesus who saved you again. That's what Paul is saying here. Galatians, fall in love with the same Jesus that you met. Fall in love again. Renew your vows. Renew your want-tos. You got have-tos in the way. That's why you renew vows. Like, I, I just, I, listen, life's got busy and we got kids and businesses and life is going. Let's go back to the why. Let's go back to the want-to. Remind why we said we're gonna do this life together. That's why you have date nights. That's why you send each other romantic gifts and flowers. That's why you send nice texts with all the nice emojis. It's not because of have-to. Because Dr. Phil or someone else told you to do it, or some counselor, it's because it's a want to. And Paul's saying, fall in love with Jesus. Let me tell you a few of the reasons why I'm in love with Jesus today. Because I remind myself about my want to's. Why I fell in love with Jesus, maybe you'll relate to some of these. I fell in love with Jesus because of purpose. I have a why that's greater than all the how's in my life. I just do, I feel purpose, I feel purpose. I feel Jesus when I preach. Some of you don't feel Jesus when I preach. I feel his pleasure and his purpose when I preach. It's not because of a job, it's not because uh, I have to do this. I honestly feel God's presence and his purpose when I preach. I feel Jesus when I parent. I feel Jesus when I parent. I feel Jesus when I'm setting up church. That's why I set up church. Honestly, I feel Jesus unloading that truck. I feel like I matter to him, and I feel like my life matters. And I'm a million miles from a million dollars, but you could not spend my wealth. I feel purpose. I love Jesus for that. So many people are so focused on the how that they're chasing whys. And I'm like, I have a lot of hows in my life. How am I gonna afford this? And how am I gonna figure that out? And how am I gonna deal with that? But I am so thankful that Jesus gave me a why and my why is to live for him. I love him for that. You know what else I love Jesus for? I feel clean when I screw up, when I mess up, when life wants to slime me and the world wants to make me dirty and wants to clutter me, I feel forgiveness and I feel grace and I love him for that. So many people are so heavy in their sin and their shame and their weight and I'm thankful that there is a place for forgiveness. He is better than Clorox and Tide and Javex and bleach. He is the ultimate cleaner and I love that Jesus cleans me, that I feel pure with him. He took the pressure off. Pressure to be perfect parent. You feel that pressure? Pressure to be the perfect spouse, the perfect Christian. The pressure to be the perfect pastor. I'm so thankful that he, his grace comes over me and takes the pressure off. That it's not a stress thing to do this, it's a blessing to do this. Why? I love him for that. I'm so thankful for grace. Last week I was grumpy. I don't know none of you were grumpy in this room. But I said to Nancy, she knew I was grumpy. When I get grumpy, she laughs at me. It never, thank you for that. But I said to her, I said, I just, I'm. just, felt like I was four, by the way. I was like, I'm grumpy today. It was like five o'clock at night and I was frustrated. I didn't know why I was frustrated. I said, I'm, just, I'm sorry for being moody and grumpy. And she's like, it's okay. Have a snack. You, you're not you when you don't have a snack, when you're hungry. She gave me a Snickers bar. No, I was just like, have a snack and a nap. Did you nap today? You need one, right? I said, I'm grumpy today. Felt like I was failing as a pastor failing as a parent, am I engaged, am I on my phone, am I actually asking my daughter how her day was, do I actually listen to what she's saying, am I I talking to my wife, am I listening to my wife, am I valuing my wife, how's my faith, how am I doing with my friendships, am I ready for this assignment, am I enjoying this, we're back in person, we lived forever to come back in person, am I enjoying it? Or am I so stressed to meet deadlines to make sure YouTube is up and team members are good and people are okay and we're navigating through things and having conversations and I just felt like I was failing in so many areas, I was just, I was just reminded. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I love Him for that. I love Jesus for grace. You know what I love Jesus for? Divine connection, relationship. Religion is so lonely because you see everybody through their through their, their their earning through their works, not through grace. You're like they don't do enough. They don't do enough. I could never live up to their standard. I could never be as holy as them. Man, why are they always happy? I need to be happier. I need to hug more people in the lobby. I need to smile more. We take so many pictures in this place, amazing photography team. I'm amazed every times I'm not smiling. I'm like, I know what I was saying during that part of the sermon. It was a joke. Why do I look so angry? Like, it was a dad joke. And I'm looking like this. I'm like, come on, lighten up. Think, what would John do? Smile. All he does is smile. Look at that smile. And religion is so lonely. And so many people think that they're the only ones living for Jesus and they wanna let you know that. You're in, when was the last time, some of you, like you're in a crowd but you feel alone. I love Jesus because it doesn't matter if I'm all alone, I still feel his presence. I struggle with a lot of things but I don't struggle with loneliness. You know why, not because I'm great, I just, I'm aware that he's with me. I love him for that. I felt God a few weeks ago in worship. I was sitting right down here and I'll be honest, my mind's on transition and offerings and, 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 and my sermon and my notes and do I have that down in my head? Do I understand what I'm saying? And Is, is it important enough to share? And God, help, help me do this with the right spirit. And my mind's out a lot of places. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting there and Matt was leading a song and the team was leading a song. And I was just overwhelmed with the connection of God and I started to cry. I mean, like it was ugly cry, it was crugly crying ugly. It was crugly. I'll be honest, I got to a point where I thought, if I don't rein this in, I'm not coming back from this. I don't know if it was the stress of Josh moving and the amazing thing he's having or it was the week I had or if it was just God, God's goodness, but I was overwhelmed with God loves me, he's with me, I'm connected. And I was on my knees up here during worship and in that moment I felt the divine presence of God and I I felt God's presence and it was wonderful. I said, "Rein it in Miller, Rein it in. Oh, you're not getting on that stage. You're just going to be a mess. And it felt so good. I'm so, I love Jesus for his connection. Paul started many of his letters, many of his letters, including Galatians, with this sentence, I come to you with grace and peace. You know why? Because if you never understand, you'll never understand peace if you don't understand grace. He started every letter with grace and peace, why? Because if you don't understand the grace, the goodness of God, the blessing, you'll never have the peace. If you don't understand the blessing, you'll be living in a stressing. Listen, we are too blessed to be stressed. The grace of God. I come to you today with grace and peace. If people are dying for peace and they're trying to earn it, if I get to church, if I read enough, if I'm good enough, if I smile enough, if I help my neighbors enough, if I, if I just do everything right, then I can maybe have peace. It doesn't work like that. It's the grace that brings the peace. If you never know grace, you'll never understand peace. Today we're gonna to enjoy communion, which is the grace of God. There's a reason why Jesus called communion the the, the the Lord's Supper. You know what he didn't call it? It's not labeled in my Bible. It's not labeled in your Bible. In my Bible, it's labeled the Lord's Supper. You know what's not called? The Lord's to-do list. So I'm leaving in a bit, so. We gotta make sure you don't forget to do these. Th- By the way, I'll text you when you get there, but you start, like, there's four more items you need to get at Sobies on the way home. And, and like, don't forget, you have a recital after, after work. We have to be there, this parent teacher. Did you mow the lawn? Do we have gas to the lawnmower? mower? Don't forget, listen, don't forget that you need to add to your faith. You need to add righteousness, and you need, to, you, need, you, need to, you need to add good works, and don't forget to give to the widows and the orphans in need, and he didn't do that. It wasn't the Lord's to-do list. It was the Lord's supper, why? Because suppers are supposed to be enjoyable. This whole thing, communion, is supposed to be relational, not transactional. And that's the difference. Law and stress is transactional. If you give me this, I'll give you this. If you can, or if you give me enough, then I can give, if I if I'm good enough, you can maybe accept me. If I if I do enough, maybe you can bless me, but because it's relational, it's out of a place of blessing. Church, get your want-tos back where your have-tos are. Get them back. When we gather on Sunday mornings, it's good to be here, not because we have to, because we want to come in here and feel God's presence. When you go home, you don't stop being a Jesus follower, not because you have to, because you want to. When you mess up, there's grace, and when you live holy, it's because of God's strength to be able to do so. Too blessed to be stressed. If you can stand your feet all over this place, take your communion cups. You would've got these when you came in. Ushers are gonna to come to the front right now. To the front, if you did not get communion when you walked in, if you didn't, we're gonna take these all together in a moment, but if you didn't, can you just put your hand up? I have two ushers here. i are gonna turn around and make sure you get one. Maybe you already ate yours, you were hungry, I don't even know, but if you dropped yours, if you didn't, just put your hand up real high. PJ's gonna feel right there. Some, I see that hand, I see that hand. And just keep it real high, we wanna make sure you get these. The worst team's gonna lead us in this song for one, just a minute, We'll make room. Before we take this today, would you just make room? And here's what you're doing. I want you to push out the have to, and welcome in the want to think of it like a family dinner or with your best friend thinking it's not a appointment on a calendar it's something i can't wait to connect and tell you how my week was and hear what you have to say i can't wait to laugh together and eat together it's not a transaction it's relational so as we sing this song can you make room for the want to again and believe his spirit will come in come on matt will you lead us pastor matt lead us in this as we make room for god is a blessing not a stress it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as you take the bread it says on the night he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took bread he gave thanks to God for he broke it into pieces and said this is watch this this is all want to this is my body which is given for you you hear the want to in that it's not dad wants me to do this I gotta do this it's not in a bit. I got to go pay a bill that you guys incurred. I got to go pay your tab. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Judas. I'm talking to you. Thomas, I don't even believe you have a bill. You know, Peter, you're denying that you even have a bill. Judas, you stole the bill. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do that. There's a passion here. I want to. He says, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. It's relational. Remember me. Not you owe me. Remember me. We take this together. At the same time, he took the cup. And after supper, he said, this is my cup of the new covenant. What's the new covenant? Blessing, not stressing. Grace, not the law. It's a want to, not a have to. It's a new covenant. It's new. You don't have to do it. You want to do this. It's a love. It's a relational thing. He so this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed in my blood. I get to do this for you, my blood. And remember me. As often as you drink it, remember me. As the poet McLaughlin said, remember me and I will remember you. Remember me. Today is not transactional, it's relational. We cast off the stressing and thank God for the blessing that his grace is good enough for us. Let's partake together. Father, right now we receive. We receive right now. God, we thank you that we are too blessed to be stressed. God, we make room to put our want-tos back where our have-tos have been living. We make room for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's sing this
1: together. I will make room for you.
0: where our have twos have been amen if you want to there's coffee flowing if you want to there's step two of next steps where you can jump in and be part of this great movement what god's building in halifax you have to pick up your kids from kids ministry that's a have to some of you like i don't want to no just there's a lot of law right there legally there's a lot of laws there coffee's grace kids ministry definitely law we love you so much we bless you women's prayer Uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, 7.30. Men's Prayer, if you want to join us at the office, 6.30, we'd love to see you. Have an amazing week. We love you, and we're so glad we get to do this together. God bless.